I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Ep 186 tonight of the podcast of BD4. Thank you for tuning in. We are changing it up a bit. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, we're doing a little bit of a different editing format here, and I'm hoping it looks more attractive. Played around with the uh, fucking software that I used, and it was a little too generic before, so hopefully this looks a little nicer if you're watching the podcast. But, um, you know, if you're listening, uh, welcome still episode 186 of the podcast tonight of bd4 i'm not going to talk on for too much because um for tonight's episode for this show i had a good conversation with uh, a friend of the show somebody who's been on the show plenty of times before and somebody who started his own podcast himself uh leo rodriguez from say no more podcast uh joined our show tonight and um and it was a good time. We discussed a lot of basketball, you know, some Celtics talk because he's a big giant Boston Celtics fan. We discussed um, the NFL a bit after we talked NBA. We went on to talk about the NFC East, which, you know, people call the NFC least. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about the other Thanksgiving game aside from the Dallas Cowboys. So and then and then we wrapped it up with um talking about the Mike Tyson fight, which I totally forgot was tomorrow night. You know, all summer I was talking about November, November. We have to wait till November. Here we are. It's the end of fucking November already. Jesus. Christmas is going to be here before we know it. And the Mike Tyson fight is on tomorrow night. That, that it's, it's happening tomorrow night. Um, God damn, it's going to be awesome. Roy Jones Jr. Don't sleep on him either. He's, you know, this guy was a monster as well, but Tyson is obviously, the favorite, um, but it could go either way. I heard it's a no knockout fight, so that's gonna be cool. But yeah, guys, uh, thank you for coming to 186. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This is BD4. Well, we are sponsored by Anchor, um, but yes, this is BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. So thank you for stopping by. And um, so before we get into the conversation that Leo and I had about the New York. Um, Giants and the Dallas Cowboys and then also the Boston Celtics and some of the other NBA clubs and and the Tyson thing. Before we get into all that, um, I do want to talk a little bit Knicks because, um, well, it's, you know, it's nothing crazy, but we got the preseason schedule today, which was cool. So December 11th and December 13th are the Knicks' first two games, and that will be played in Detroit. So they're playing... Opening up against Detroit, and then on the 16th and on the 18th, the Knicks will be at MSG with no crowd, unfortunately, um, to take on the Cavs. Now, that's going to be fun because considering it's preseason, definitely going to see a lot of Obi Toppin. Um, should see a lot of him either way if they're smart. Um, and, and the Cavs were one of those teams, right, who picked before the Knicks. So, you know, one of the teams who passed up on Obi. So, it's going to be cool. I'm excited. And that's not even too far. Again, it's, what, November 26th as I speak tonight? Yeah, it's it's 
fucking it's fucking November 27th. It's Friday. It's Friday, November 27th as we record. So getting up there, man. Um, so the Knicks preseason schedule was, was released. Fucking uh, December 11th is the first game. But if you go back, I think camp starts December 1st, right? Uh, the first five days of camp are individual workouts, but um, I think on December 6th is Tom Thibodeau's first team practice, right? So that's, keep that in mind. Um, and that's really what's all, that's all that's fucking been happening with the fucking Knicks lately. Nothing really big. Uh, we discussed a lot. We discussed a ton, a fucking ton leading up to the draft on draft night. And then we discussed a bunch so far after the draft happened, talking about the off season. So, you know, we're pretty much covered. Um, nothing really has happened since our last Knicks episode two nights ago. Um, maybe we talked about, I mean, we, we, maybe we didn't fucking discuss Jared Harper signing a two-way deal uh, between the G League and the NBA. So what's happening with Lamar Peters? Because all of last season, people were hyping this Peters kid up. I was. I'm so high on Lamar Peters. I don't know why. All of a sudden, he's just dropped off the face of the earth. Nobody wants to talk about him. And everybody wants to talk about this fucking Harper kid. Granted, you know, maybe he's good, but, you know, averaging 20 in the G League. And we got him from Phoenix for, for essentially nothing, but... Why all of a sudden is Peters not even fucking talked about once over these last couple of several months? I really haven't heard his name once. Peters is a five eleven kid who's a buck seventy. I mean, really? I mean, uh, not Peters Harper. Really? All of a sudden, Peters, who looked really good, dropping seventeen and seven on efficient shooting and creating off the bounce and being able to shoot the ball, get to the rim. All of a sudden, he's, what, old news? We don't even talk about the kid? That's the kid I want to see. No offense to Harper. I want to see Lamar Peters get a shot at guard. Shit. Nobody's talking about the kids. Am I missing something? Did they release him and I don't know? I don't know. I know Kenny Wooten's not around anymore. Signed with Houston, but what the hell? I never hear about Lamar Peters. You know who I have been hearing about lately is Nicholas Batum. Now, I think this guy's pretty trash. Um, average fucking three points per game last season. And that was in 23 minutes, but you know, he got 31 minutes two nights, uh, two seasons ago, and he averaged fucking what, eight or nine points. So he fucking sucks. Um, he's got, he shot 28% from downtown this year, 33 two years ago. He's not even that good of a three-point shooter. I think he sucks ass, to be honest with you. I don't think he's that good anymore. Um, he used to be decent, but he doesn't look like he's that good anymore. Would I trade for him? Because the Hornets are obviously trying to make room for Gordon Hayward at the forward spot. Would I trade for him? The Knicks have been in rumors. Um, only, and I say this only if it comes with some draft capital, a couple of second rounders, maybe. Cause that was, you know, remember the Knicks are considering, we heard this a couple Weeks ago, the Knicks are considering taking on a bad contract if it comes with assets and draft picks. So I would only trade for him if it was to get us, you know, a couple of young guys in return with some draft picks and or draft picks. Um, but I'm really, as for him himself, you don't trade for Nicholas Batum. You just trade and he's on the side. You know, the guy, I th again, I think he's pretty fucking bad now. Um <laughs> I just don't think he can score a ton. He's a very inconsistent shooter. His numbers do not jump out at you anymore. Um, you know, maybe if you make a deal like this, and if he does well, 
you sign him back on a friendly deal, you know, team friendly contract. But mainly, this is you know taking on his twenty seven million for two thousand twenty one is strictly for what you're getting, you know, in terms of draft capital. You know, maybe it could be an Ed Davis type of thing when the Knicks get him, and then they flip it to him for for some more picks. But <laughs> that was that was I saw that I was like ugh, you know, only only if it gets us some draft picks and. You know, we can keep stop stockpiling on that. Then Leon Rose would be genius to do something like that because we're already pretty in pretty good shape in terms of that. But that's really all that's been happening. Again, um, Nick signed Jared Harper to a two-way contract, and uh, we're hearing some Nicholas Batum rumors. So that's it. Let's get to the uh, uh, conversation that Leo and I had uh, for episode 186. But first, we're going to take a break, and when we get back from break, we'll do our NYYK question of the day early. And then we'll get right into the conversation with Leo. So be right back. Just a quick reminder that if you haven't followed me on social media yet or subscribe to the blog or this podcast, just go to my website to do all that stuff at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Right, so let me just get my uh, notes here for the question. So last time's question, last time out in episode 185. In 185, our NYY, NYK question of the day, how many playoff appearances did the Knicks have in the 1980s? The answer to that was five. They made the playoffs five seasons in the 1980s decade. Um, They did make it in an 89-90 season, but the 89-90 season is counted as the 90 season. So five seasons in the 1980s where they made the playoffs. Um, but tonight's NYY, NYK question of the day for episode 186. How many seasons did Jeremy Lin serve as a Nick? You know, so <laughs> kind of a random one, but just came to mind. So how many seasons did Jeremy Lin serve as a Nick? Um, so message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or just comment on the post once I publish the podcast, all right? So that's that, and uh, so we might as well get into it. Might as well get into the conversation that Leo and I had. It was about 40 minutes, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Leo, if you don't know, has a podcast called Say No More, and um, we'll talk about it there at the end. So if you guys want to get his information, his plugs and all that, uh, stay tuned for the whole thing. It's a great conversation that we had, so I would advise you listen to the entire thing. It's great. So guys, thank you for stopping by. I'll see you next time. Ciao. Yeah, thank you. It's good that you brought that up. Oh shit! All right, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, about man, Mike Tyson. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it. Fuck yeah. We'll probably talk that at the end, I guess, right? Yeah, whenever you want. Um, I'm just getting my shit. But um, I want I want to start with. I mean, we talked about it before. Yeah. You know, we texted about it, but I want to know your thoughts on the. Um, the Celtics offseason because they did a bunch, you know, they, they, uh, they extended Tatum. They drafted a couple of guys, uh, good shooters from good schools. They tried trading Kemba, but they didn't, they signed a couple of older free agents. They, you know, the Hayward thing, I want to talk about, you know, just, just the whole offseason for them. And then we'll go on, um, yeah, of you know, so, so what was your, 
what's your thinking of how they did so far? Uh, I guess we'll start with with you gotta like that they extended Tatum earlier, you know, for five years, one hundred and ninety five million. It's like honestly, yeah, that's obviously the best thing. That's probably the only good thing I think they've done in the whole. <laughs> Off season, I think uh, keeping their superstar and paying him the max deal that he deserves. He's arguably one of the best young basketball players on the planet right now. He's he's so good. Um, he makes a huge difference for everybody. The fa- his growth has just been spectacular, and 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 seeing him grow from his rookie season to now. I mean, the, in his rookie season, a lot of people thought that the Celtics were reaching high for him because. Um, because of um, just because of the fact that um, you know that was Josh Jackson, and people thought Josh Jackson was going to be this great, uh, you know, this great player for college for the NBA, and he turned out to be a huge bust. Um, and Tatum being arguably one of the best basketball players on the planet, and um, and you know, it's it's good to have him back, have him back. Uh, set up for five more years, and um, and also having guys like Jalen Brown and everybody back. I mean, it's 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 good to have your star players sign up. But I mean, my biggest worry is they didn't really address their number one issues. They need a big guy. Yeah. They need a big man. Yeah, and it's, it's getting a Christian big Thompson. Was... Yeah, I want to talk about yeah, that with Tristan Thompson. I want to ask you about the whole Gordon Hayward thing because you guys had a chance to get Miles Turner, but Danny Ainge, I'm thinking it was like, I think it was Turner and McDermott, but Danny Ainge said he wanted Oladipo or something and they didn't want to do that or something like that. And so he ended up letting Hayward walk and he signs with Charlotte and you guys have to go end up signing Trishan Thompson who, you know, averages a double-double, but he's not, Miles Turner. He doesn't have that youth. He can't shoot the ball. He's not a great defender. He's not, you know, the, the, he's an upgrade from what you have, I guess, but I think you could have done a lot more in that Hayward situation. What's your thoughts on that? It's a really, really difficult offseason, I think, for the Boston Celtics because I think the, uh, the debacle with Indiana was really, a, in my opinion, a really stupid decision. I think not yeah. going for a guy like you say, like a Miles Turner, um, when the Indiana Pacers were willing to let him go for Hayward, and you decided to get greedy and decided to go for a Victor Oladipo or a TJ Warren, which, in my opinion, we do not need. We have better players in that position than Indiana does. I mean, getting Oladipo for me was kind of stupid because this is a guy who's coming back from two major injuries right. and not only that I mean he he is a great player in Indiana but he's not a player that, that's going to win you a championship he's already been proven that he's not he's been on ch- championship caliber teams and he doesn't do anything and CJ Warren a good player but I mean I don't think the Celtics really need a TJ Warren they have a Jason Tatum. They have a Jalen Brown. They have, I mean, I mean, they also had uh, Marcus Smart. I mean, they have a lot of good scorers. Um, but it just for me, it just doesn't make any sense why would they do that when you could have got 
a pro, like not pro, but we're talking different sport, an yeah. all-star caliber player in Miles Turner that can easily, not saying he's the best big man in the league, but he is an asset that will help the Celtics take on a team like Milwaukee or the Lakers or the Clippers who are now getting a little bit bigger and Brooklyn try and Brooklyn's going to be good next year. Miami with their size. I think the Celtics, if anything, they've gotten predominantly worse. Um, getting a guy like Tristan Thompson, uh, I would have been excited about this five, six years ago. I think he's a little bit washed now. I, I mean, he's yeah. got, he's gone through a lot of personal issues. Obviously his, Personal life is all over people in Us uh, Weekly magazine because, you know, he's dating. Is he still uh, with the Kardashian? Khloe Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah, he's still with that Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian. And and the funny thing is the first thing we saw was she literally just wrote, Boston, here we come. <laughs> yeah, it's just not very excited. Boston fans are not very excited about that. It's a lot of baggage to deal Ugh. with because – well, the Kardashians are are a are a are an industry. You know, they're a huge they're 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 a huge distraction for any team. You can ask teams like the like um like the like the Cowboys with Kim was with Miles Austin or with uh, with the Rockets when James Harden was dating Chloe and and James Harden's numbers were actually going down because. You know, when you're with the Kardashian, you're gonna have to do a lot. You know, they're 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 everywhere. They have to be everywhere, and it's just it's not easy to deal with something like that. But I, I mean, I don't think Tristan Thompson's the answer. If he becomes that double double machine that he was six years ago, I would say hell yeah, the the Celtics definitely won in getting him for two years for what was it, thirteen million dollars, but. I think honestly, it might be too much uh, for. I mean, it might be too too much pressure—not pressure, but too much baggage—and it might really, in my opinion, affect the Celtics uh, going forward. Um, I do like Jeff Teague. They did sign Jeff Teague. Teague is a good, nice backup. Yeah, for Kemba. I mean. Teague is a nice backup. I think he's a nice backup to. Uh, I think it was a good signing considering, um, you know, Kemba's got that knee issue. Well, also Kemba really also needs to start, you know, becoming the reason why they spend all that money on him. Yeah. Um, they, you know, he hasn't really paid on the playoffs. I mean, he 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 came up really short in the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami, and. Um, and uh, it's something to really be worried about if you're a Celtics fan because if he's not performing well um, and you're trying to you know win the East, it may be an issue going forward if your point guard, your your floor general isn't performing well. And it really affected them against Miami. If you saw that series against Miami, I mean Kemba didn't really had a very good series at all. He didn't really have a good playoffs. So, I mean, that's kind of an issue going forward. Yeah, and I think, right, I think you make a good point. I think they are, you know, they, they tried moving him in the draft, Kemba, and, but I think, you know, there's obviously, there's there are indicators there that they're trying to figure something out the point guard position because they brought in new, two more point guards. Uh, it wasn't just Jeff Teague, but 
they got that Peyton Pritchard kid out of Oregon who, you know, he, he's also at the point guard position and he's a very good shooter. He was, I think, second in three pointers made in Oregon history. Um, and so he coming out, he's coming out of college shooting 41% from downtown this past season. And he's also a guy who could potentially get some minutes, um, you know, do injuries happen or does kind of overachieve and maybe he finds himself, you know, at the, Back middle to back end of the rotation. Um, so you have Pritchard, and you also have a forward. You guys drafted in Naismith. I want to hear your thoughts on their draft, um, and if you think if you think it was a good idea or, or what. In my opinion, they drafted really poorly. I think they didn't really draft what they need. They really right. need a big man. Um, there were plenty of good big men still left over. Um, Celtics could have gotten a few good assets. I mean, there were still some good players, like an R.J. Hampton could have been really nice for them because, you know, obviously he brings in a lot. You know, he's a scorer, and he's uh, he's also a really good uh, defender as that well for the Celtics. But, I mean, they need size, and they're just not big. They're, they're going to be like the Houston Rockets, basically, uh, a slightly better version of the Houston Rockets because, you know, obviously the Rockets depend on James Harden. Um, the Celtics, you know, they have so many great weapons, but unfortunately when you're playing small ball, that doesn't entirely mean you're going to win championships. That's proven already what the Lakers have done um, with size and, you know, having LeBron as their main point guard, and, you know, they won the championship fair and square just because of how – physical they are getting a guy like like a guy like anthony davis and everything it's just it just helps a lot you know yeah man and yeah so so i think considering everything uh looking at what they've done in the off season you know they, they needed some bench depth they got some but they really needed a big um they, they they didn't get turner they had to settle for thompson so if you were to grade them and evaluate them by giving them a, a letter grade overall this off season a through F. What are you giving them? C plus C, probably a C C, like a C plus C. Um, I think getting a guy like Jeff Teague does really that. That's a really solid pickup. He's a good yeah. backup uh, backup point guard for for the Celtics. Uh, not getting a big man has really really been their biggest issue, and uh, I think also how they've handled the Gordon Hayward situation. Not knowing that you could have gotten a Miles Turner or some assets. I mean, I still think they're still apparently they're discussing they're still discussing a sign and trade with uh, Charlotte right now. Yeah. For uh, for getting something out of Hayward, I mean, I've been told that they're it's possible Nick Nicholas Patoon could be their next uh, could be the guy being traded. But I, I honestly hope that doesn't happen because I'm not a big fan of Nicholas Patoon. I think he's he massively overrated. And, <laughs> sucked. Yeah. Yeah. He's not very good. And, uh, and obviously that is a problem with the Celtics. They, as a championship caliber team, you do not need a player averaging Eight points a game uh, when you could have gotten that with like a wanna maker or, or whoever they had in their bench, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Giving them a C, C plus, I think that's pretty fair. So, so if they don't win the title this year, um, we might have talked about this before last time we were on the show. But um, Leo, if they don't win the title this year, where do you where do you stand with Brad Stevens? Well, I think the only I think the 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 top of what the Celtics can be this season is an Eastern semifinal or Eastern first round because 
the East definitely got better. You know, Milwaukee's still there. Uh, Miami, we all saw how great Miami is. Toronto's still there. I mean, yeah, Toronto lost Ibaka and Gasol, but they're still very young, uh, very hungry team. Uh, I will tell you 100%, Pascal Siakam will definitely get better, will get better next season. Uh, he's definitely probably very not happy with the fact that he's, uh, you know, he underperformed in the, in the series against the Celtics. Um, Brooklyn's even better. Uh, Indiana still will be there. Um, I missing the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers are still there too. I mean, the Celtics didn't really need to start getting their shit together, but um, I do believe if they don't make it to the finals and, or even win it, I think this will be the last season for Brad Stevens. I just don't see it, him staying. He's been there for nearly 10 years now, and you haven't even sniffed going to the finals yet with this roster. It's kind of inexcusable. I think if you can get like a really good head coach in with the Celtics, yeah, I think obviously they could win and win now. I mean, that's kind of how what Golden State was with – Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson being the great coach he is, and Mark Jackson is a great coach, and I still believe what they, the Warriors want to win a championship with, with Jackson, but I think getting another coach and a good basketball mind like Steve Kerr kind of was like the push for them to, uh, to winning a championship and just saying, all right, I mean, as a former player who's won a lot, uh, it would make more sense. And I think if I'm the Celtics, I, I would go with somebody who's won, obviously, in the NBA, um, possibly could be, you know, a Jerry Stackhouse, something like that, you know, where you can hire a coach uh, who's won and already in. I mean, the same, Clippers are doing the same thing now with Tyron Lue. Um, and, you know, with Jason Kidd being the assistant coach with the Lakers and winning, eventually he'll be the coach for uh, for Frank Vogel or whoever. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of options. Steve Nash is another one. Uh, I think he can win a title with Brooklyn because, you know, he's won. But, I mean, obviously he didn't win a title, but he's won a lot of games and he's considered one of the best point guards in the NBA, in the history of the NBA, just because, you know, he's just his intelligence and his vision his vision and, and understanding of the game, is, is it's key. And I think not disrespecting Brad because I think Brad's a fantastic coach and he's done so well. He's built the a super great team with Boston in such you know short amount of time because it's not really easy to make a championship contender in this short amount of time. I mean, you can ask Minnesota, you can ask the Knicks, you can ask a lot of teams where it's not easy to build a team under in ten years. And they and I think the Celtics built their team really fast. I mean, they they really start becoming a tender like maybe into year five, year six of the rebuild. Um, so and and that. I think if Brad Stevens can't deliver a trophy, I mean, maybe it's time. Yeah. I think you make a good point. You have all that talent. you got to get it done eventually. Um, so looking at the Eastern Conference, um, do you think there's usually one, you know, un- over, one overachiever every year? Um do you see it? Or, or just looking at the NBA as a whole, not even the East. Uh, if you look at the Suns, who got CP3, uh, the Hawks, who, who you know drafted uh, Okongu and got Gallinari to that big deal. You look at the Hornets, LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, or 
maybe the Warriors, uh, you know, Thompson's hurt, but I know Curry's coming back and they just got Wiseman. Do you think there's a team like one of those guys who are going to you know, do really well this year and surprise people? I think if the Warriors stay healthy, they'll be a top five team in the West, no question about it. Um, that's not a... That's not even a surprise because I feel like the Warriors, the reason why they were so shit this year was because they had so many injuries, you know, losing Clay, Steph going down, and then, you know, they didn't really have that many weapons. And now they have a guy like Wiseman, Oubre, uh, a healthy Steph Curry, um, Andrew Wiggins. You know, th- that's a very solid team. That's a team that can easily be a top five team in the West. And I think they will be. Uh, I think the team that will make the biggest jump it would be the. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think it might be the be the Suns. I think the Suns. I think did a really nice job, um, to you know trading Rubio and Ubre to get CP3, um, not losing Booker, not losing Aiton, not losing all their great players. Yeah, losing Ubre did stink because he he was really doing well in in Phoenix. But I think you now getting like a CP3, you're getting a floor general. You're kind of letting you know, loosening the hands off of a a Booker to be the the top you know dog. He can style just being a a a, a stop and shoot kind of guy. Starts scoring goal, starts scoring buckets. Yeah. Uh, Aiden can obviously rebound like crazy. He's such a good big man. I think, in my opinion, he's underrated. Um, the Suns, I think, are going to be a playoff team this year. I think they'll make the big jump. But I do agree with you with the Hawks. I think the Hawks are going to be the team to make the big jump in the Eastern Conference. Uh, getting a guy like Bo, uh, like Bondanovic, getting a, a Rondo, Gallinari, uh, Kendrick Dunn, uh, getting uh, no, I'm sorry, Chris Dunn, Chris and then getting uh, and drafting Okonwu. Uh, that was such a the Hawks really have a really good team going going forward. And obviously people are forgetting that they still have Clint Capella on their roster. Yes. And, you know, having a, a guy like Trey Young, who is a, you know, a triple-double waiting to happen just because of how dominant he is like, with the basketball. He's just such a good floor general, um, such a special player. I think, honestly, the, you know, the Hawks could be a playoff team. And that's why I'm saying the Celtics really need to start really – think about like what they're doing right now because you're getting a lot of good teams coming out of the east now and the hawks are definitely one of them um with the hornets i still think it's way too early for them i think there will be a fun team to watch uh you know people want to see what lamelo brings to the table um i honestly am a big fan of lamelo i think lamelo could be excellent for charlotte i think it's yeah. a good fit for him because you know, a lot of people are, you know, the, the Hornets actually have some decent scorers. You know, they they went out and got uh, that center from uh, Kentucky, uh, Nick Richards, who was a good pick, pick up for them. They needed some size, um, obviously, because, you know, what's his name? Hasn't really panned out. Kaminsky and uh, what's his face? The guy from uh, Indiana, the brother of, uh, what's his name? Zeller. Cody Zeller hasn't really panned out as well. Yeah, yeah Co- Cody Zeller really hasn't really panned out. Uh, them getting Deontay, Deontay uh, Devontae Graham has been. He's good. You know, he's, he's becoming a, super, yeah. uh, a potential superstar. Hernan Gomez being a really good uh, power forward. Former uh, Miles Bridges, another good forward they have. They have some decent parts. You know, uh, Biombo, 
Uh, Terry Rozier is uh, going to be now their backup point guard. There's no question about it. Malik Monk is decent. Um, but getting a guy like LaMelo Ball, it is very interesting to see what he brings to the table. I think I won't say he will become John Morant, but I do think that he has potential to be a a very good player for the Hornets, but I do not think they're a playoff team. Do you, know, do you know who LaMelo Ball reminds me of? What does he remind Do you of? remember that dude, Jason Williams? A freak passer? Yes. Yes. A very good player. Jason, Williams, think, but with the, yeah. Jason Williams with like a little better shot selection. Right. I think he's got a really good passing skill set. Um, yeah, he kind of reminds me of somebody like that who's going to go out there and give you eight, nine assists a night at least and score the ball, yeah. of course, too. Yeah, of course. I do think so, too. I think he's going to be electric. I think he might be uh, obviously as good as Lonzo because obviously the pressure was a lot on Lonzo because of what his father did. But now, like, you know, like the ball hype has kind of been, like, dropping since – you know, the, how Lonzo, you know, wasn't really panned out for the Lakers, and then now he's been traded to the to the Pelicans, and he's actually been pretty solid coming into New Orleans. He's actually played pretty well. Um, but, you know, obviously LaMelo is getting some pressure because obviously, you know, playing for Michael Jordan and also, you know, his dad, his comments saying about how he will beat Michael Jordan 1v1 and, <laughs> and yada, yada. But, I mean, I don't think the hype is this much with him. As per se, like a like an Edwards or or a Wiseman, because you know these are guys. Well, Wiseman, I think, kind of like lucked down his situation being in in an instant playoff team. But like guys like Edwards and and uh, and and Lamelo, these are guys you're gotta you know they gotta uh, they gotta work to get wins. I think. Right. You're listening to BD4. I'm your host, Rob Carbone. Talking with Leo Rodriguez tonight. Leo's from Say No More Podcast. You can find him on Apple Podcasts and Anchor and Spotify and many more. Uh, Leo, I want to move on to the NFL because, <laughs> yeah. shit, uh, yesterday was fun. Uh, I don't uh, know, man. Thing. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this whole fucking fuckery? I want the season to be over with right now. I'm so fucking done with football. I mean, I, I like, you know what I was something really funny, Rob? Like, I was excited again. This is what the Cowboys do to me, man. Like, they got me so excited after they beat Minnesota, which I thought there's, like, no way they're going to beat Minnesota because Minnesota was red hot. They were winning three consecutive games in a row. They looked pretty good. And actually, Minnesota played a pretty good game. Uh, but just Dallas played lights out spectacular. You know, they uh, Zeke was running the ball over 100 yards, and and uh, uh, CD Lamb was kind of going out, going out, going off, and making some great catches for for Dalton. And the offense was starting to look pretty productive. And then they go out to, uh, last night against the Washington No Names, and they just absolutely got destroyed in one quarter. It was a close game until they allowed 21 points and the Cowboys couldn't score one point. Like, and that is just absolutely fucking embarrassing. 
It was ugly, man. But, I mean, if you want to answer your question, who's going to win the NFC East? Yeah. Who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. This, this playoff team, whoever gets to be in the playoffs as the representative of the NFC East, it will be Dallas. Funny enough, they still got a shot. The Giants, who I think is the best team out of that whole division right now. Uh, the Washington football team or the Eagles. If you tell me which one deserves to be there, I'm going to tell you it's the New York football Giants. I think the Giants have proven that they they can compete with anybody because they play hard. Joe Judge is a hell of a coach. He's got a really good system going on. I honestly think they should really, really consider getting a hiring a new offensive coordinator. I think maybe they need to get with a guy who's a little more exotic. I think – Garrett likes to run the ball a little bit more and try to become the Cowboys, but unfortunately, you you don't have the offensive line to do that, so you really can't really run the football efficiently. Plus, the Giants, I think, are better as a pass-only team because they do have good good weapons. You know, Slayton's actually been pretty good. Sterling Shepard, we all know, he's he's very good. Golden Tate is in on and off. He's been he's a he's a weapon. And obviously, Evan Ingram's still truly dangerous, although when he catches the football, he's effective because he hasn't dropped a lot this season. Um, but other than that, they have some good weapons. I, I mean, they're not nowhere near the weapons of what Dallas, ha- Dallas has, but Dallas is just completely underperforming, underperforming. And I also think that clearly this is a team that's given up. Um, they really don't really respect their head coach, that fucking fat lard of the of the head coach they have, that freaking job of the hot fucking wannabe fat lard because I'm so done with this guy because clearly this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I think he's, I think he's overwhelmed with the job he's done with the Dallas Cowboys, thinking that it was going to be fucking – Ryan high with butterflies everywhere and rainbows, but unfortunately, it's been an epic disaster for the Cowboys. And I think Jerry Jones needs to realize that he fucked up hiring this guy. Yeah, it's not looking good at all, dude. Um, no, it's not. It's yeah. He, he. Do you think he's gone or no? Do you think he's here to stay? With Jerry Jones, you don't no, know. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, I'm talking about your coach, yeah. You don't know. Yeah, with Jerry Jones, you don't know if he's going to fire McCarthy or not. Uh, what what I've been hearing is they still think they're going to make the playoffs. They, they're they still – well, I mean, they have the easiest schedule let remaining out of the four teams. I mean, the Giants still have to go to Baltimore. They still have to play uh, Cleveland. They still have to play – uh, Arizona, they still have to play some really good football teams. I mean, if they could win either one of those games, I think they could definitely make a push. But Washington still has a tough schedule as well. They still got to go play Pittsburgh. Um, they still got to play some other teams. Uh, I do think they have to play Baltimore too, uh, although Baltimore hasn't really been playing really good. The Eagles look to me like they're done, uh, but – if they can get a winner or two, they can still be in the hunt. But I think the Cowboys have the easier schedule. But, I mean, would you be I, – I, I wouldn't be satisfied going into the playoffs with a 7-9 or 6-10 or 10 record 
and thinking that it was a success. I mean, yeah, they make the playoffs with this team with no Dak Prescott and all the injuries that they've been getting now, now losing um, Zach Martin for for three weeks now, which really does fucking suck because he's been playing like an all-pro all season. You know, he's arguably one of the best linemen in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, he is still magnificent. Um, I think the Cowboys really need to start thinking about getting a left tackle. Uh, I think it's time to move on from Tyron Smith because Tyron Smith is getting injured all the time and he's clearly hurting the team. And a guy like Zach Martin, who's had to play right tackle, and he's a guard, it's kind of disappointing. So I think with the Cowboys situation, I don't know if they'll ever fire Mike McCarthy after this season. I think they might think he'll stay next season. I wouldn't be surprised with Jerry Jones because, you know, Jerry's surprised a lot of people. I mean, he didn't want to get rid of Romo when uh, Dak was playing this well. He didn't want to get rid of Garrett last season. He was really, really reconsidering keeping him on. And honestly, I would have kept him on. I mean, this is (laughs) fucking a disaster. And I don't think Garrett has ever gotten this team this bad either. So, I mean... It's it's very frustrating, Rob. But I, if I'm if I'm Jerry Jones, I'd fire I'd fire Mike <laughs> yeah, McCarthy and I and, and and start again next season. Yeah. It's all fucking crazy, man. Whoever wins, like you said, whoever wins the East doesn't even deserve to make the playoffs. But um, anywho, you know, both by the way, both of those games yesterday sucked. The other ones sucked too. Both of them were fucking blowouts. Yeah, we didn't even oh, get a recap. Well, that's a, another was... team that's fucking garbage. Who? Like, that's a team that fucked up, too. Like, oh. If you think about it, Detroit, Detroit fucked up by... They let go of a guy who had two playoff seasons, had, winning, had a winning record in Detroit. They fire him for Matt Patricia, who, in my opinion, is thinking about, well, who's he going to fucking... If he's going to go to Popeye's later after the game and and munch on some chicken sandwiches because he clearly doesn't know how to coach a football team. Like, he's probably thinking about going to the buffet or going to a pizzeria and munch on his face on some slices because he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, a guy, this is a team with good amount of talent. You have a very solid quarterback in Matt Stafford. You have arguably two really good wide receivers in in Galladay and, and Jones and... You have a good tight end in Hutchinson. You have a very good running back in in DeAndre Swift. Your line is your offensive line is still kind of shit. Your defense, who you're known as a defensive guru, and you can't even stop you you can't even stop Houston, who has struggled all season offensively. That no, they have Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, Deshaun Watson sometimes probably has to throw it to himself and make any play. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, the Lions are, are a fucking disaster. And they need to figure themselves out, too. I think they fucked up hiring Patricia and and and, and firing um, and firing Jim Caldwell. I think Jim Caldwell should get an NFL job real soon because I think he's a great head coach. Yeah, that's what they were saying on first take this morning. They were talking about the whole situation with uh, Caldwell shouldn't have been fired and um, how uh, their head coach right now is not doing the job. Um, I, before we wrap it up, man, 
before we wrap up, uh, you brought up a good point before we recorded. Before we hit recorded, um, hit record. I, I want to talk to you about the fucking fight tomorrow, uh, Tyson and Joe. Tyson and uh, Roy Jones Jr. That's gonna be so cool, dude. I'm so excited. It actually just came up on me. I completely forgot about it for a while. So I'm excited to watch that. I want to get your thoughts. I know everybody's talking Tyson, 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 but Jones Jr. was a solid fucking boxer back in the day too, dude, to say the least. So I think it's going to be cool. Um, now, they're saying it's it's a no-knockout fight. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, I didn't know that. But So so what do you think about this whole thing, dude? I, I mean, they say it's no knockout, but I'm I'm telling you right now, Mike Tyson's not going to fight anybody and not knocking some motherfucker Dude. out. Roy Jones Jr. is another guy who has a, he was a fucking beast. He was considered the pound the the pound for pound number one champion heavyweight in the world. Uh, I think the only reason why people have discussed um, why is a very intimidating fight for Roy Jones Jr. is because his last couple of fights. Haven't really panned out as well um, <clears throat> as it should. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. is obviously well out of his prime, so is Tyson. But the fact of the matter is, it's Mike fucking Tyson, and he still looks like the scariest fucking dude you ever met in your life. And he looks like he'll fucking eat my children and freaking <laughs> everything else. Like he's just so fucking intimidating. Like you see that guy, you're just like, here, just take my money. It's like. <laughs> What do you want? You want all of it? Yeah, yeah, take it. Just fucking take it all. Like, it's just terrifying to even, like, look at him. Like, I feel like when I, when, like, you see Tyson, you're just like, you should look at him down like this and be like, dude, I am nervous to even see you, man, because you're fucking Mike Tyson. You literally, yes, could, master. <laughs> you, you could literally eat my soul. Like, you are this terrifying. Like, it, I think it's going to be a good fight. I'm a, I'm more curious on the on the uh, that fight and the Jake Paul Nate Robinson fight as well. I think uh, <laughs> you know, Jake Paul had a really good fight against uh, against Gibb. So ridiculous uh, against Gibb, and uh, and I think he I think he proved that he he is a legit uh, boxer. I think he could definitely box uh, him and Logan. I I like Logan. I think Logan is a really promising boxer i think i would like to see him box again obviously his the guys who he wants to box make no fucking sense like you want to fight fucking floyd mayweather are you kidding me you 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 see what he did to conor mcgregor knowing that conor survived 10 rounds with with him but floyd absolutely waxed that ass and i love conor mcgregor but like floyd is floyd's the number one boxer in the world right now and and he, I mean, Floyd always keeps himself in shape because he knows like that money fight can come out, you know. Because obviously he wants to fight, but like uh, against Logan Paul, are you it's like no? Like Logan Paul needs to chill. Maybe he could he could fight fucking. Uh, maybe he could fight Antonio Brown like he was originally going to do, but uh, maybe that or maybe fucking who knows? Maybe he could fight Gilbert Arenas. I don't fucking know, like some bullshit like that. <laughs> But like I, I am excited to see Jake Paul and and Nate Robinson. I'm kind of curious on how Nate is going to box because I, I'm telling you right now, it's a big size difference, and Jake Paul's not a fucking bad boxer. He he, he had a really good debut against against and was it last his last fight was. Uh, 
February. I think it was Super Bowl weekend. Uh, that was a pretty good fight. I actually saw that whole fight, and it was a really good fight. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what he does. Uh, the Pauls are no joke. I think they're really they're, they're they're decent boxers, but I mean, yeah, Mike Tyson Jr. It's exciting, of course, and uh, uh, we're going. Well, I don't know if you know Blades and uh, and. Uh, Blades and Lewis is not happening now. Uh, that fight just got canceled. It was supposed to be yet to, uh, tomorrow uh, because Blades just got COVID nineteen. So for me, because that was going to be a fucking awesome fight. Uh, but obviously, they're getting fights in now. Twenty. We're also getting some other fights uh, in December. Uh, obviously, we got Chumayev versus Edwards coming up in, on fight night as well, which, in my opinion, could be one of the best fight nights since Kobe Covington and, and Tyron Woodley when we talk about hype uh, on fight night. I Honestly, I'm excited about that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. But um, I think um, the, the, the fucking... I'm really looking forward to McGregor returning too. I know I wanted to oh, ask you about that too. Yeah, that's or, a good. I mean, that's gonna be it's January, correct? January twenty third, I think. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, and um, that's gonna be fun. I think that's gonna be. Do you, I don't know? Do you think that's his final fight, McGregor? Because he always says that shit. Dude, he always says he's out, and then he comes back in, and he's out, wow. and White finds a way to get him back in, and. I don't know, but it's something I'm excited for regardless, dude. That's going to be really cool. I'm going to tell you straight up, no, this is definitely yeah. not his last fight. I honestly think Connor has gotten to the point where he's so big. He's bigger than the sport. He's bigger than the brand. So fucking, it's kind of hard to control somebody like that um, because, you know, the fact of the matter is it's a three-figure fight. No, I'm sorry. It's like an eight-figure fight, nine-figure fight, because, you know, he's Conor fucking McGregor. He's one of the biggest fucking fighters, mixed martial artists out there right now. And it's just, it makes more, it makes sense for him to fight Portier because I feel like they're setting this up for him to get back the lightweight title. I think, uh, obviously, whoever wins this fight will have a shot at who they want to do in the lightweight championship. I mean, could be Connor. Uh, I also think that Portier should be taken seriously because he's a really good fighter. Um, he's no joke. I think Diamond Dustin Poirier is a very good fighter. Um, I think also whoever wins with that Ferguson fight would be interesting as well. Um, you still can't also count out Gaethje. Gaethje still needs another fight. I think whoever wins this fight with Connor and Portier will get the shot against Gaethje for the lightweight championship. Um, That's a good point. You can't, can't count out uh, you can, if if what's his name wins too. If if Ferguson wins, I mean it's a possibility too. But I also think you also you also have to think about a guy that they've resigned as well. You went in and resigned. Uh, uh, you went in and signed uh, Michael Chandler from Bellator, which is another one that you're going to have to squeeze him into because he's a 
he's a, a lightweight contender as well. I mean, if whoever wins that, he'll probably have to fight Gaethje too. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities right now for the UFC, obviously, but I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make Connor uh, be the number one contender and, and possibly be the lightweight champion. It's also a possibility that he could fight in welterweight uh, and fight, you know, could be a contender for against Masvidal or, 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 or whoever, maybe another Nate Diaz fight. I mean, yeah. Connor is at the point where he doesn't give a shit anymore because he is the money fight. And yeah. uh, obviously you pick Portia because Portia is a very good fighter. They had history. They fought already. Um, unfinished business. And also, it's a big money fight. And and obviously fucking Portia is going to make so much money because he also fought Khabib. He's going to fight Connor again. It just makes sense to me, and you know, it's it, this fight makes sense. It will be a fun fight to watch, uh, no doubt. But I mean, this is a toss-up. I don't even know if Connor can even pull out this one easily, like he did against Cowboy. Yeah, uh, that's. I don't know, man. It could go either way. I really don't think there's a heavy favorite for the McGregor fight, dude. Um, but I. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you coming on, dude. I think we pretty much discussed a lot. We're running out of time here. So um, I thank you so much for coming on. You've been on a couple times already. And, you know, I've been on your show and we've gone back and forth. So thank you, Leo. Um, Leo, sure. if you have any plugs you want to add, I know you have a podcast, Say No More. Um, do you want to tell everybody where you can find that, where you can find your social media and all that stuff? Go ahead. Well, guys, you already know. Uh, say No More. One of the top uh, podcasts right now in New Jersey. Uh, we're getting a lot of views right now. Thank, obviously, big shout out to you for helping me out getting this uh, podcast out there. Uh, always gotta show. Always gotta you know give my my thanks to Mister Carbone over here. And um, yeah, if you guys want to watch, listen about anything. It's not just one topic. It's many topics. Uh, you can watch. You can. Uh, watch and listen uh well not watch yet but listen to say no more on apple podcast spotify anchor uh any basically any street uh podcast streaming uh sites you can basically listen to right here uh obviously i have an instagram it's leo rodriguez 12 22 uh 93 uh and instagram usually the uh, links to the uh listen to the uh, podcast is on my bio and obviously yeah, we'll go from there. But eventually, I think we'll have an Instagram page very soon. Just, yeah, eventually it'll just happen. But thank you guys uh, for also listening to the show. I've been getting a lot of views. And also, I want to say thank you, Rob, for letting me be on the show and rant about sports again. And uh, obviously, it's been fun. It's always fun to uh, come to your show and talk. Dude, yeah, and I want to tell you, you do such a good job with your podcast. Like, I can already tell you've improved from episode one all the way up until, uh, well, you have 14 or 15 right now. So, you've, I can tell you're improving and you're doing a really good job. So, you do a hell of a job. I loved uh, one of the more recent episodes with your brother. I thought that was fucking fantastic. Um, that was pretty funny. Uh, I listened to the whole damn thing, too. And uh, I thought that was excellent. Um, and listen, man, you, you got you to gotta keep doing your thing. And I think... I think you should eventually um, find a way to get it on YouTube. Uh, I think that helps too to talk in front of a camera. I think that's going to be really. Yeah. Cool. It, it took me forever to get in front of a camera because it's it's whole different. It's a whole different fucking game 
you know yeah i still like rush through it but i think your podcast is fantastic dude and i think you do a great job i love editing it i love publishing it and stuff like that and i think um you know i'm glad to be on it you know i've been on a couple times so i'm excited to see where that goes so thank you for coming on my show though um uh, i appreciate everything and uh it's good that you're back and uh, i think it's like fucking five times you've been on my show now so thank you for that dude well, you know, I gotta, I gotta go to the uh, celebrities at man. You're, you're definitely the celebrity right now. So, no, man, I appreciate everything, and thank you for the kind words about the podcast and everything. I know, you know, you're, uh, you're the number one supporter, and you also, you know, help me out with all that shit because obviously, you know, doing this on your own is, is very stressful, and I can imagine how it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's very stressful. But it's also fun to do. I mean, obviously, yep. to talk to people um, is, especially during these times right now with COVID, uh, it is pretty fucking fun to do. And I think a lot of people enjoy it. I mean, I've talked to already a lot of people, actually, from even from different countries. Um, and they just talk about how they just love doing this right now because it's, you know, something different. You know, people, you know, don't, there's some, like, I was just, did this one episode uh uh this this girl's from argentina and she talks about how like they're just now starting to reopen things so like they've just been like on their you know in their homes and their computers and you know it's just been very frustrating and very difficult during these times and uh you know doing something like this kind of would help them i guess in a way that's kind of what i want to do yep i get you man thank you for coming leo Thank you, Bert. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.